Hey, my name is Joey, uh, lead pastor of the Block Church. Thanks for joining uh, me on my page. My goal with this page and these teachings is to encourage you as a leader, uh, especially those who are leading Christian leaders, planters, church leaders, pastors in hard places. And we pastor in Philadelphia, which is a hard place to do church. And today, I want to just actually teach a, a message from the scriptures, a leadership thought from the scriptures around beating the bully. That's the title of this talk, How to Beat a Bully. And I don't know about you, over the last 18 months, I have felt at times a little bit bullied. I have felt uh, uh, at times a little bit of pressure to do certain things. How about you? I bet if you really thought about it, you would remember some instances in where you felt pressured to post, pressured to apologize, uh, lots of conversations around masks, cleaning, open, close, you name it. You felt a little bit of pressure a little bit at times, some healthy conversation, some healthy, healthy pressure, but at times maybe feeling like you were bullied. And I do think that there uh, has been some moments over the last 18 months in which uh, there is a spirit attacking uh, the body of Christ. Uh, and I think we got to be equipped to beat the bully. I think there's a spirit, a Jezebel spirit, if you will, if I can be that drastic in my language, uh, that has been attacking the body and we got to know how to defend it. So I want to take us to 1 Kings chapter 19 and teach you how to beat a bully today. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 1, when Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the gods strike me, eat, and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I've not killed you as I had killed them, as you had just killed them. Verse three, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went alone in the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat under a solitary broom tree and prayed he might die. I have had enough, Lord. Take my life from no better than my ancestors who have already died. I don't know about you, but there were some moments through this pandemic, through pastoring people, through all of this, where I kind of felt like quitting, giving up. God, <laughs> kill me now. And Elijah had just seen the rain miracle and killed all the false prophets. And then he ran. He ran and wanted to die. He prays a prayer, God, kill me, in a sense. Aren't you glad that God doesn't always answer all the prayers we pray? I'm grateful for that. You know, right before the pandemic, our church, we were killing it. I mean, and like many of you probably were, I mean, we were overflowing with people about to launch another location, uh, looking for facilities. I mean, we were exploding. And when this all happened, uh, we obviously, we pivoted quickly. We, we found some major momentum during the pandemic uh, in some areas, uh, but it was still speed bump after speed bump. And it was frustrating. And when there was race and mob riots in our neighborhoods, I mean, I remember literally our neighborhood was ransacked 
uh, during, um, during the pandemic uh, in the summertime and above my house in the city, I heard helicopters all night long. I heard gunshots. Uh, they were bombing ATMs uh, in the middle of the night. It, it was a wild time, a time in which I just felt depleted. And we had just come off of all this success. And I, a little bit like Elijah, I'm going, one moment I'm having victory, the next moment I'm going, God, I don't want to do this anymore. The craziest moment of all of this was I had had someone, uh, an individual who for years would send bad or mean emails about me, whatever. I'm sure you have a few of those. But then in the new year, it really started to heat up. This individual was showing up to our offices, calling for me, asking for me, and then started coming to our home, writing notes on our door, threats, gonna kill you, gonna burn your house down, gonna kill your kids, all this crazy stuff. Until one day, and of course we got the police involved, but one day it culminated while I was at the park, sitting at the park with my son and this individual standing over me and ultimately attacked me with an ax. And for the next 10, 15 minutes, I evaded this person and survived. Uh, but all of this going on in the midst of trying to make decisions, uh, trying not to quit, trying not to be frustrated, trying to grow and pivot and change. Man, it was a lot. And if there was ever a moment in which I had success in one second and just complete depletion in the next, that was this season. And I, I started to really think about it, especially after that happened. And I'm not glad for that situation in which somebody tried to kill me. I am, however, glad for what it illuminated I, I finally was like, man, there is a spirit at work here that is trying to steal from me and trying to bully me. And finally, I just kind of made the decision, I am not going to be bullied. I refuse, and my hope for you, especially as you do ministry in hard places, that you won't be bullied either. Um, I believe we're dealing with a nasty spirit in our culture today, a, a, a spirit that is disorienting, confusing, sexually charged, entirely pagan, an attempt to bully the people of God. So here's how we beat a bully. And I wanna give a caveat. We recognize the bully as a spirit trying to steal from you, limit your ministry, your dreams, and your calling. So I just wanna be clear as to what that is. So here's what happens in Elijah's story. I wanna give you some takeaways. Here's number one, how to beat a bully. You've got a first retreat. In verse five through eight, and I'll recap, Elijah sleeps, he eats twice, and he goes somewhere significant. He goes to Mount Sinai where God appeared to Moses. When you retreat, you're positioning yourself to get healthy, to get rest, to get fed, and for God to meet you. Obviously, we know for leaders, self-care can be some of the best care. So during this time, when we started to retreat a little bit, we went on sabbatical, our church was very good to us, but we played a lot. We, we did counseling. We rested. We laughed. We tried new things. We went to the beach a lot. We changed even how we were eating during this time. And I'm saying we, my family joined me on this journey, even some of our staff. What I recognized is we were being attacked on all sides. I needed to retreat. Retreating does not mean giving up and it does not mean quitting. 
It simply means pausing and pausing long enough to regain the strength you need to keep fighting. Something significant about this passage is he goes to Mount Sinai. It's a significant place. We have to change our atmosphere and our geography sometimes to get in a different mode and moment. I went to Utah. I'm looking at mountains. Uh, I'm, I'm getting inspired. I'm climbing. I'm hiking. I'm doing different things. I needed to change atmospheres so that I wouldn't quit on what God was asking me to do. Here's number two. You got to retreat, but you also have to rethink. In verse 10 and 14, Elijah has a lot of drama. He basically goes, I'm the only one left. I'm the only one, which is not true. You got to leave that pity party. And I don't know what you're going through right now. Maybe you're not growing the way that you used to. Maybe you're only at 50, 60% return. I don't know where you're at. I know that we're not where I want us to be, but I've had to make a conscious decision to rethink, to reprioritize what winning is change the scorecard. And Elijah has got plenty of drama and he's saying he's the only one left, which is not true. But we have to remind ourselves that facts are greater than feelings. Even when venues are doing us dirty, uh, we had to decide we're grateful for what we have. And that's a conscious decision that I'm making as a multi-site pastor that I'm grateful for what I have. At least all of our spots are open. We may not be in the places we wanna be. We may not be in the best venues where maybe we used to be. I'm glad that we're all completely open and functioning. And we have to look at the facts. One of the things that we did during the season was reprioritize what engagement looks like. And we had to take a greater emphasis off physical attendance, and see engagement in other areas from giving to groups, to serving, to connection, whatever it was. And we realized that there were as many people engaged, maybe even in some areas more and healthier than we were pre-pandemic. That's why facts are more important than feelings and your pity party doesn't serve you or anyone else well. It's not that you won't get in that place. It's just that you gotta remind yourself after the retreat, you gotta rethink. Here's the third thing, you gotta renew. What are we renewing? Verse 11 and 12, God finally reveals himself to Elijah. Renew basically means to make something fresh or become new or do the same thing in a new way. God was doing something fresh and not necessarily dramatic. He reveals himself to Elijah in a still, small voice. In other words, get with God and do something new. Change the rhythms, a deeper place of fasting, a new way of praying, new songs to sing, a deeper love for the church and for God. What I've had to do in this season and what I want to encourage you to do is change up your rhythms and renew your relationship with God. Go deeper, do something unique, do something different, fast more, fast different, pray uniquely, find different things about the aspects of your journey with God and renew that old relationship and make it fresh. It's the only way to beat a bully. And the last one, number four, you gotta return to the fight. In verse 13 through 15, 19 through 21, God gives Elijah 
a responsibility. He says, go and anoint a new king and replace yourself. You can't do this all yourself and you can't do it forever. The beginning of the baton passing to Elisha begins. And God really spoke to me during this season about fathering our staff and that they needed more of my care and leadership, mentorship, fathering. I think our team got healthier during this time. We have, as I return to the fight, we're healthier. We're more like family. I certainly felt a wall around me and my arms lifted like never before. I've let more off my plate. I actually returned to the fight after resting and retreating and renewing my relationship with God. And while again, it's not all where we want it to be, I do think the atmosphere and the spirit is better and it's healthier because we're pushing back and not being bullied by the enemy. I think if you do all that, if you actually return to the fight, God will take care of the problem. And I wanna encourage you as I close in 2 Kings 9, verse 30 through 37, Jezebel, the spirit, the bully, gets pushed out the window by the guy God tells Elijah to anoint, which is Jehu, the king to replace her. And the Bible says, I know this is intense, the Bible says her blood splatters and he steps on her with his horses. When they go bury her, Elijah's prophecy comes true. Her remains scattered like dung. No one will be able to recognize her. It's really fascinating that Elijah, he goes and he retreats. He rethinks, he renews. He returns to the fight by doing what God asks him to do. And then God fights his battle for him. God redeems him. God justifies him. God takes out the bully. We just got to retreat, rethink, renew, and return. And God will handle the rest. I remember, I remember specifically one time, we had a great relationship at one of our venues in the city. Uh, it was a great location down in center city, and, uh, but the owner died. And... When the owner died, a new individual came to run the organization and this person was nasty to us, mean to us. And uh, I, they sent us a, you gotta be out of here. And I remember getting that letter, basically our first day back in the office in the new year. And I looked at it and I said, God, take care of this. I feel like we're being bullied. God, take care of this. And sure enough, and I'll spare you the details, at some point, that person was removed quickly and God really took care of the bully for us. And I think that's my point. When we retreat, when we rethink, when we renew, and when we return to the fight, God will win for us. He'll be victorious for us. When we say no, we will not be bullied. We will not be pushed around. We're gonna know who we are and we're gonna live out our purpose. I hope this helps you. Um, I want you to beat the bully and I'm gonna keep fighting and beating the bully myself, uh, especially as we do work and ministry and leadership in hard places. God bless you and come back for more content.